Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Hey everybody. Good morning. I want to ask, are there any Star Wars fans in the room? We got a couple of hands up. I was four years old. When the first Star Wars came out, that gets me stoked. Like that music's like, oh yeah, it's going to start. So I get pumped up when Star Wars kicks on. Uh, I remember sitting in the movie theaters and watching those as a kid and anticipating the next one and getting pumped up. Uh, But 77 is when the first one came out. Did anybody have a handlebar mustache back then? Out of this room? All right, all right. A couple of you guys, maybe one or two of you ladies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, love the handlebar mustache. Well, we're going to play a game to get started this morning. Uh, it's, it's called Who Said It? And I'm going to give you a Star Wars line, and I'm going to see if you could tell me who said it. So we'll test your skill here. Are you ready? Okay. For those of you online... Uh, Be ready on the chat also, or keep score amongst yourselves with your family, however you want to do that, Uh, but blurt out the answers, because you're going to hear them blurted out. You might hear them from this crowd too, blurted out. So when you hear it, just blurt it out. Okay, you ready? Number one, we're going to make the jump to light speed. Punch it, Chewie. Yes, Han Solo. Okay, the next one, we're going to play an audio clip and see if you get it. Darth Vader, you're right. Okay, how about this one? This one's a little more obscure. Maybe the ones that like Star Wars as much as I do will get it. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Nice, awesome, good job. Okay, another audio clip. All right, that's good. See, I couldn't do that, so we had to go audio. Okay, so how about this one? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Nice. See, maybe you knew Star Wars more than you thought. Okay, audio clip. (laughs) Nice. You're right. Jabba the Hutt. Okay. This is from one of the newer films. Let's see if you get it. Han, Mr. Solo, you should know I'm a big deal in the Resistance. Nice. The the kids got that one. That's awesome. Okay, another audio clip. Yes. I looked over here. Our younger generation is nailing the newer movies. Awesome. Good job, guys. Uh, How about this one? I'm tempted to say it in an accent, but I'll, I'll save myself the embarrassment on that one. Looking for someone? Found someone you have. Yoda. Yep. Called it. And then the last audio clip. Chewy. Can't, you can't miss out on Chewbacca, right? 
So I grew up watching these movies. I collected the action figures. And when my friends and I, we'd, you know, we're little guys running around our corduroys, we'd play these games together. We'd act them out and we'd play, you know, we'd grab anything in the house that resembled a lightsaber. And we were either running around with a stick from the tree or a plunger or whatever it might be, but running around and just pew, pew. And we're running around and, you know, good guys and bad guys. And so back when I was a kid, it was always good guys and bad guys. There was never in the middle guys or neutral guys or kind of both guys. Well, in 2015, Lucasfilm released the first film of the new Star Wars trilogy, which those characters like BB-8 and Finn came from. It's called The Force Awakens, and I was so pumped up, and I think there was a, this part at the end of the movie in the theater where I had like watery eyes, and I was like, am I really crying at Star Wars? <laughs> So there's this interesting new character that they introduced in this movie, though, and his name was Kylo Ren. And he was a villain. He was the bad guy. He was the sinister, dark person. But the thing about the story, and as it goes on, is we find out that he is the son of Princess Leia and Han Solo. He's the son of the good guys. But he's also the grandson of Darth Vader which is like the bad guy. So Kylo Ren is definitely acting out in this way where he's living in this push and pull of actually who he's choosing to be, this dark character, and who he was born to be, this wholesome character. What's interesting about these characters in Star Wars movies is that we consider the bad guys like Kylo Ren or Darth Vader, they were actually once good guys who wandered off. They became bad guys. They weren't born that way, but they were seduced into believing something that wasn't true. So as the audience, we're divided between this place of wanting to see the evil and the dark and the bad be extinguished. But we're also in this place of wanting this person that we know exists in there, this true person to be redeemed. And so when Han Solo meets up with his son in this movie, he actually... You know, as Kylo Ren, this dark character, he actually calls him by his birth name. He calls him by his true name, and he says, Ben, come home. And later, when the, the hero or the heroine of the story, Ray, she meets him and gets to know him, even though he's the dark character, she says, I can see the good in you, inviting him to come back to it. Ben Solo, remember who you are. So we're in the middle of a uh, a series right now called Together, uh, responding to Jesus' love, uh, responding to his great love. And today we're in 1 John, and our passage in John gives us a warning to remember who you are. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into the scripture. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you uh, of all the reminders of who we are in you, the restoration that you came for, that you deemed us worthy to come for, to call us home. Forgive us for the ways we get lost. Thank you for the ways you draw us back. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So follow me with this scripture. John is kind of an interesting writer. He can be a little scattered sometimes. I was talking to Brian Wren this week, and I was saying, you know what? I said, when I read John, sometimes it feels like one of those, like, 
You ever guys see like when the grandmaster plays chess against multiple people at once? Where he comes up and like, you know, does a move in chess against one person and then goes to the next person and does a move against that person. That's oftentimes like reading John, it can feel like he's changing, he's flipping, he's going subject to subject. So read this with me and see if you can extract the themes that are coming out of this passage. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they didn't belong to us. For if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I don't write to you because you do, know, do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who's the liar? It's whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that you have heard. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. So in this text, John is inviting us to remember who we are. And he also, bless you, he also adds the warning that within each of us is the potential to forget. So in that way, he calls us to live in a way that is anti, to not live in a way, hold on a minute. We have the potential to forget. And in this way of this potential to forget, we have a, we have a tendency to live in a way that is unlike Christ. So when you think of this word, oftentimes we think of the word antichrist and we think of this person and we, maybe even you could picture him from a, a Christian movie or a, or, a, or, a, or a horror movie or somewhere that you've seen this like individual. But in this text, John talks about it in a way, he's like, oh, well, many antichrists have come. Any, think of it in a way as look more like an adjective. It's unlike Christ. Anti is more like, it's, there's many things, people that come that are unlike Christ. But the, the warning here is that we have the potential to be unlike Christ as well. Remember who you are. So the author and activist Alexander Solzhenitsyn was born in Russia and was an open critic of communism. He was a writer and he created this global awareness of how these repressions in the Soviet Union, they were repressing the people. He was even imprisoned in the Soviet Union for speaking out against it. One of those repressions even was to squelch religion in the country, to eradicate it. But he didn't categorize his captors as being bad or good. When they put him in prison, instead he recognized their capacity to be both. Not good guys, not bad guys, but the potential for both. And this is what he said. He said, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. 
And this is our tension. It's not that I'm good and others are bad or I'm right and others are wrong. And it's not that I'm bad and others are good. But John is telling us the good news that we all have the capacity to look like Christ. But we also have the capacity to look unlike Christ. So Adam Driver, the actor who plays Kylo Ren, he plays out this tension so well, you can see the angst created by the push and pull that is going on within him, the draw to go either direction. He's born one way, but he's pulling the opposite way. And in that, you can feel it like rubber band that's about to snap. At one point, he even says, I feel like I'm being torn apart. He's divided in himself. And we live in a similar tension. We live in this push-pull within our souls that we're prone to forget from time to time who we are. This is what John is saying. How do we look like we ought? Like who we were born to be? How do we remember and not forget? And John explains it in the next verses. He says, I'm writing these things to you about those of you who are trying to lead you astray, that which is pulling you away from me. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has been taught to you, remain in him. So I'm going to make an assumption that many of you have given your life to Jesus. And if you've given your lives to Jesus and if you're walking with him, he is still with you. His Holy Spirit can be alive in you and can teach you all you need to know. And it's the real deal. It's the same power that walked with Jesus 2,000 years ago when he walked this earth and he laid healings on people and he did these miracles and amazing things. And God and Jesus, when he left this earth, said, I'm leaving that with you. The same power that saved thousands of people after Peter's speech at Pentecost in the book of Acts, when thousands of people came to Jesus, that same power lives in you. The Holy Spirit can remain in you, but John is telling us you also need to remain in him. So if you've been tracking with this sermon series, you've been hearing a lot about a well, the well of God's love, and you've been hearing about buckets. And these holes, as Brian Wren preached a few weeks back, these holes represent our sin. You see those holes there? We know that from Scripture that you were made in the image of God and that we're radically loved. And we go to this well and we're reminded every time we go to this well that we're loved by God, that we are his, that we are a child of God. And we go to Jesus... And we meet Jesus, and Jesus' Jesus' bucket looks like that. It's solid. No holes. Looks pretty good. And we look at our own bucket. Our own bucket looks a little bit like that. There are these places where we allowed sin in our lives. These places where we compromised. These places where we fudged. It's easy for us to justify the small holes sometimes when we look at the larger holes of others. 
bring people before the Lord and say, Lord, help them, draw them to you, look at all their big holes. And oftentimes God says, I want to heal your small ones because the water leaks out just the same in either one. What causes us to forget that we're a child of God and that we weren't meant for holes? What keeps us from looking like Christ, from looking like one of his? Can you feel that push-pull, that tendency to bring us the other way? We were made with this undivided soul. What are we trading it for? 1 John 3, 1 is our theme, theme verse for this whole series. And this is what it says. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. If you've been following in this series, you know that we've been calling some of these verses our ice cream verse. Go get an ice cream with your family and talk about it. Or memorize it and go to your youth leaders and see if they'll reward you with an ice cream. Me and dairy aren't friends, so we, I don't do ice cream, but this is my coffee verse, or it's uh, my cookie verse instead. So let's read it one more time. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So this is who you are. You are the object of the love of God, that he lavished on you that he valued you, that he cared for you, that he rescued you. John's saying, don't forget that. That's crucial to remember in a space where you're going to be in this push and pull and people are going to draw you away and things are going to draw you away. Don't forget who you are. Keep coming back to the well. And Jesus came and he looked like this bucket. And he came and he showed us, what does it look like to be a child of God. This is what it looks like. The creation story in Genesis actually tells us that we were born in the image of God, that we were made in the image of God. If God looks like this, then we we're made to look like this. And somewhere in the settling, we got to looking like that. Sin got in the way and it messed us up. Jesus comes and he says, you know that holy bucket? You weren't really meant to live like that. You were meant to be filled with me. You were meant to go to the well and contain me. I can pour into you, but as long as you have those holes in you, I'll continue to run right out. I remember something my mom told me, and it was when I was in high school. I was sampling some things in high school. They say in your high school years, it's the time when teenagers actually try on different selves. They, they experiment. They wonder about things that can cause holes. And I think my mom witnessed this in me when she witnessed this push and pull going on and she told me something I'll never forget. She said, Scott, Jesus and sin will not be roommates. You have to choose which one you want to live in your heart. It's at that point of deciding that you're done drilling holes, done doing the things that divide your heart, 
you're done with the push and pull, that Jesus does the unthinkable. He looks at your bucket and he says, Scott, it looks like you've been given a lot of holes. If you give me your bucket, I'll give you mine. I'll take yours. And I get this. And Jesus takes this. And he goes on trial. While I'm there with a bucket full of power to save. To save me. And he goes to the cross and they say, Jesus, where's your power now? He's got this. And he hangs on the cross and they say, hey, Jesus, why don't you save yourself? But he's holding my holy bucket and it doesn't have the power to save. I have the power to save. He gave it to me. Jesus took our holy bucket to the cross and he left this one that has the power to save people. Jesus didn't just save us with this bucket. He didn't just operate this trade and stop there, but he also, he taught us how to use it. He simultaneously modeled for us a way to give yourself away. You have to remember who you are to do this. I have a complete bucket. I've been rescued. You're a child of God. So he says, you're a child, you're a child of God, Peter child of God, Sherman. Go and make disciples, Patricia. Go and tell them about me, Ken. The world needs you to be who I made you to be. We know how to give our lives away because Jesus showed us how. We know how to love even when it costs us something because Jesus showed us how. I know there will still be times when I'm not perfect, and that's okay. I might poke a hole in that bucket by mistake. But as Brian said, we have the ability to confess our sins, to go back to the Lord and ask him for a new bucket. Just make sure you've evicted the other roommate first. Lord, help me to be who you've called me to be. Help me to live as a child of God. So I want to close with this. Jesus didn't call us all to be these amazing, perfect buckets that don't make mistakes. He called us to be children of God, to live into that identity of who he is, to look like him in the world, and to not only be full of this power to save, to be full of this God giving me all this water from the well that's full of this life, but he actually called me to give it away to join him in giving it away. In his book, The Kingdom Within, the author John Sanford talks about a well that was in the backyard of his home. And he said, that well would produce this fresh, clean water and we would draw from it daily. And he said, even in drought years, when other people's well would dry up, Ours would continue to flow and it would produce. We'd share it with the neighbors. It just kept coming. 
And then one day, modern plumbing happened, and the town had grown, and maybe the finances allowed to put in plumbing in the home. They put in, they piped the house, and so water came from the faucet instead. Years later, John Sanford, he got curious, and he went into the backyard, and he uncovered the well, and he was surprised to see that the well had dried up. It was no longer producing water. Curious about this, he went and he asked around, like, what happened to my well? This thing was like clockwork before. And he learned something interesting. He learned that wells were meant to give their water. They were not meant to hold it. When a well sits stagnant, when it is not giving itself away, the tiny rivulets of water that feed the well, they give it all its nutrients, they give it all its water, they give it this source of life flows into the well when it's drawn from. And this is our invitation, not to sit with what we have, but to give it away. This is how we stay alive in Christ. This is how we remember who we are. We remember by going back to the well and giving it away. Go back to the well, give it away. Go back to the well and give it away. Jesus gave us the water, and we give it away. You might remember a verse, and I won't go deep into it, but there's a passage in Scripture that talks about a Samaritan woman. Jesus meets her at a well, changes her life, and the first thing she does is go tell her neighbors. She runs to give it away. And the result is they come to meet Jesus. We've been doing this prayer of examine encouraging these spiritual practices through this series. And this prayer of examine is essentially this space at the end of your day to say, Lord, where did I see you today? Where did I notice your love? Where did I miss it? Where was my heart divided? Where was there a push-pull? How did I look like a child of God today? And where did I notice you flow through me? Pray and ask the Lord to speak in those spaces. So I'll ask you what is flowing out of you in this season of outrage and opinions and I am right and you are wrong. What is flowing out of you? Is it love? Do you want it to be love? What would happen to the well of God's love within you? if you kept giving it away. Remember who you are. And lastly, we have an invite to Lectio Divina to go through this scripture this week of 1 John 2.15 through 3.10. Read it. What is it telling you? Maybe listen to it. Meditate. What is it telling you? Go over it a few times. Let it nourish you. God bless you, PCC. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by simply searching for 
we are PCC.